Welcome to Unlocking the Fitness Industry. I am your host, Jake Abel. I'm a two-time natural pro, a cellular athlete, and we're going to find the best way to get fit, to enter your competitions, and to look your best. So, here we go. Let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the podcast. So, today, what we are, we've got one of my athletes who has just flown out from America. Um, we're going to go into, he's in peak week at the moment, so we're going to go a little bit into his mindset, where he's at, have a look at a few things maybe that we're doing for peak week, where he's come from, and how you will go with traveling while on comp prep, and if any difficulties that he's found through his prep. So I'm going to introduce you guys to Chris. How are we, Chris? Doing pretty good, man. How are you? (laughs) That is an American accent, the first accent on this podcast. Most definitely. So firstly, give us a little bit about whereabouts are you from? So I live in a smaller city called Roanoke, Virginia. So it's about as far on the East Coast as it gets in the States. Um, I moved there. Well, I grew up in Southern Virginia, so about three hours um, east of that, closer to the Richmond area, and then moved to Roanoke when I was in sixth grade. Pretty much stayed there. Uh, you know, finished school out there, um, and I've lived there since. So cool. And give us a little background about your childhood. So growing up, to lead you where you are, are now. Tell us if there's anything been a little bit differently. Oh yeah, definitely. So um, I started out as a fat kid. <laughs> Um, it, it, you know, it's crazy. I tell people that and obviously nobody ever really believes it until, you know, they see pictures, but, um, I grew up, you know, the quote unquote Southern part of the country. That's kind of where it starts. Um, you know, Virginia and everywhere down, you know, so the fried chicken, the, the full skillet meals for breakfast, the sausage. Um, I mean, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. Um, and my grandparents, you know, they were a huge influence on my life uh, mm-hmm. growing up. You know, they were always in the picture every single day. Um, and they didn't believe in saying no to my brother and I. <laughs> yeah. So you got away with murder. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, you know. And, you know, they they saw it. I reached a point to where they knew I started to get heavy. Yeah. But um, they didn't. They just didn't believe in saying no. Like, if I wanted something, if Cody wanted something, would trade my younger brother, eat it, have it. There it is. Yeah. And, you know, the balloon slowly got bigger and bigger and bigger yeah um, <laughs> so how big did you get um so i capped out at right at 300 pounds 300 that was the pounds? biggest yeah uh, so. that was my going into my freshman year of high school so i floated in between 250 to 285 pounds all of middle school which for you know my height and things like that at the time that was absolutely absurd <laughs> yeah but so really just as i worked that out so 300 pounds is 136 kilograms. And how old were you? Oh man, middle school, uh, 12, 13. So 13 at <laughs> 136 kilograms. And then w- w- at what point did you kind of decide that you're like, nah, stuff this. I want to start losing weight. And like, where was that kind of tipping point? So um, honestly, going into high school. Uh, so as I got older, Um, you know, I didn't play any sports. I was involved with like motocross and sport bike riding, things like that. But slowly but surely, you know, it started with my brother and then the rest of my friends, everybody just started outdoing me and things. I remember growing up, you know, uh, my closest cousin, 
at the time when I lived in Southern Virginia, you know, we every day after school we'd hang out. You know, we'd go yeah. running around in the woods and you know playing kickball things like that. And I was the one getting lapped. I was the one getting left behind. I was mm. the one. You know, I just sucked at everything. Um, and obviously, you know, going into high school, like you know, you everybody has their cliques and things like that. And you know, you got women, and, you, and you've got you know yeah. the you know the preppier people you like to hang out with. You've got you know all these different cliques and things like that. And I was just like the outcast. Yeah, I was definitely the black sheep of of it all, and so after my freshman year of high school, you know, it was one of those things like, all right, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna start, yeah, you know, in quotes, um, and didn't really do too well at it, yeah, okay, <laughs> at all, um, and you know, my brother got involved with you know training and things like that, weight training, yeah, um, none of us really knew what we were doing at the time, but it was a matter of just I guess putting forth the effort, mm-hmm. um, and then after my sophomore year of high school, I was in at home one day and looked in the mirror and I said, I'm sick of the way I look. Yeah. Like I was just that, that fed up with it, you know, not really depressed, but like, you know, I mean, I was wearing a three X shirt and I was yeah, a sophomore crazy. in high school. I was in a 44 size waist. Like, I mean, it's just, it was so unnecessary, you know? Yeah. And obviously, you know, you know, the women I had, you know, crushes on at the time, like, you know, you're stuck in the friend zone because of the way you look and, yeah, you know, 100%. like you're not going to play the sport because you know, you're not going to, you're not going to make the team because you're not athletic enough. So that's kind of where, where it really kicked off was the end of my sophomore year going into that summer. Yeah. So. Okay. So going through, you got to the kind of point where you're like, all right, this is enough. What were those challenges where you said you didn't quite succeed at those first couple of things? What, what was holding you back? Um, the biggest thing, lack of knowledge, yeah. discipline, um, and I'd like to, it, it's kind of hard because, you know, you go from eating a family-sized bag of chips every day to a, a fun size, you know, a snack size. Yeah. You go from drinking soda and the sugary-filled drinks to drinking water, mm-hmm. you know, so it was honestly just, the biggest thing for me was like that transition. It was like, as much as I wanted it, I didn't genuinely want it, you know, like I thought I did, because if I really had wanted it as bad as I did at the time, you know, I'm not saying it would have been easier, but the consistency would have been a whole lot, a whole lot better. The discipline would have been a whole lot better. Yeah. Um, So I I like to say, honestly, it was just mainly from a nutritional standpoint and the discipline when it it all comes down to it. So what I want to kind of go into, because a lot of these podcasts are Australian based and what we hear from the Australian side is... America is a supersized country. It is that fat country. So growing up through that, um, was was there that education around that you had as a kid growing up in America? Uh, from a nutritional standpoint? Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, my mom, she was involved with like health and nutrition, you know, at the time she kind of did, she wasn't like a, like a nutritionist or anything like that, but like she had worked many, many jobs where she would help people look for healthier alternatives and things of yeah, that okay. sort, but she kind of fell under the same category as my grandparents. Like, she never said no. Okay. You know, when she was a kid, she struggled with weight issues as well. Um, you know, so I guess that's kind of kind of where it came from. Yeah, level. yeah, yeah. Um, and the from an educational standpoint, it was not there. You know, you, I mean, you go into a Walmart and literally at the checkout, everything's a dollar. You've got every candy option ever ever made in the states. You've got every chip option. You've got every soda option. You've got I mean, no, nothing's healthy. Yeah. Um, everything's processed. Everything's in packages. Everything's boxed up. And I don't know about you, but for me at the time, I would much rather grab a candy bar yeah, than 100%. spend 15 minutes in the kitchen cooking whatever. It didn't even have to be healthy. Just overcooking, I'd prefer packaged food. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of where that was, and with the knowledge not being there, 
I didn't know what a nutrition, nutritional label was. Even going into, you know, my soft, coming out of my sophomore year in high school when I got involved with it, I didn't genuinely read things like that because, yeah. you know, I just didn't know. So, yeah, I would say it, it, the, the lack of knowledge and education, unless you look for it, was not there at the time. Yeah. So going further into it, so then you started to lose the weight and started coming across successful um, methods and things like that. What did you find worked the best? The best thing for me, um, I don't like biting off more than what I can chew. Um, yeah. You know, I feel like most people can agree with that. Um, as a whole, it doesn't really matter what it is you're, you know, that you're trying to pursue. Um, for me, it's starting off small. I like to tell people there is no point in doing a crash diet yeah. because six months from now, you're going to look the exact same you do now. 100%. So for me, it was the regular sodas. It mm -hmm. was going from the family size bag of chips to the, the fun size. It was going from you know, eating out all the time to let me, let, let's see what happens if I go to the grocery store and, and purchase food. Um, it was slowly checking things off the list, yeah. you know, and eventually it got to where, I mean, now I haven't had a real soda or a real Gatorade or anything with sugar in it in like almost six years now. Yeah. Why? Because, you know, it, that's just what happens as time goes on. Um, so it's always started off small. Um, and and then, making those lifestyle changes, I think, like going from, you don't have to just completely cold turkey go straight into um, cutting into that diet that, right. as you're saying, like going from maybe one alternative to a sugar-free alternative and swapping um, an oil out for another healthier type of oil and making those type of things, I think, long-term makes it a lot more sustainable. Most definitely. I agree with that because with, with anything, longevity is key. Yeah. There, there's, there's no reason to, to drop 50 pounds to gain it right back. Yeah. You know, so I felt with making the small changes, that's when the discipline comes into play. That's mm -hmm. when the consistency, that's when the longevity, you know, it's, and then before you realize it, you know, you slowly start compounding on all these small things. And then as time goes on, you know, one thing after another happens and, you know, you get better at this, you get better at that. You start, start finding your results. Options. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the results start to come. And that's kind of how it was with my training too. I was definitely that guy a week on, two weeks off. Yeah, okay. Two weeks on, three weeks off. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd go for a month, but, like, I'd eat like crap. Yeah. You know, so it was slowly back and forth like that for, honestly, my first year of, of, of trying to lose the weight. But something I had always believed in was I wanted to eventually get to where I was doing it the right way. So it didn't matter what I was doing as long as I was progressing forward. Yeah. Um, so, it, I mean, it was very slow, very steady, but it was, it was slowly just checking one thing off at a time until I felt comfortable taking it to the next level. Yeah, nice. So overall, with that weight loss, you're sitting at 136 kilos. What did you? Um, what? What? How much did you lose over that time? So I played my cards a little bit differently. Um, I had several friends in high school that were heavier. Um, you know, several just friends in general outside of school that were heavier, and they they like to do the whole crash, not really crash diet, but like they just you know 50 pounds in six months. Yeah. I took about a year and a half um, to lose. I got from 300 pounds to, let's say, 250 pounds or 235 pounds. Um, you can do the conversions if you want. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so I, it's I, 113 from 136. Yeah, so I took a, a lot longer because I had a fear of retaining, you know, the skin from being so large. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I would, you know, I was that kid in high school. Google had the answers to everything. <laughs> yeah. So best way to lose weight and not retain skin. Okay, well, you have to do some type of uh, training, you know, strength training with that. Yeah, cool. So what I would do is I would go in 
uh, and at one point, every day for six months, I biked for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Got on the bike and biked for 30 minutes. Had no idea how to lift weights, so I hit every pin loaded machine. Yeah. And that's what I did, you know. Um, with that, like I said, the nutrition was not on point, but I was slowly cutting things out. So it was a slow and controlled, quote unquote, weight loss. Yeah. And over the course of that time, okay, I got down to, you know, the 250 pounds. And then, well, you know, let's see how much further I can take it. Then I dropped down to 225, you know, yeah. 210. And then from there, it was like over the course of two years, the weight fluctuated because I still had no idea how to properly eat. Yeah. I know, so nutrition was still out of the window. But I did know, okay, if I'm going to go out to eat, I'm going to get grilled chicken breast with the white rice and the steamed broccoli over getting the, you know, let's say uh, 25 ounce or 20 or 25 ounce steak with the, the loaded chili, you know, French fries or something like that. Yeah. Well, cool. you know, because, you know, it, when it came down to it, like, I knew that this is healthier than this. I don't know how much I'm eating, but mm. I know that this looks healthier than this. So that's kind of how I did things for a while. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So total weight loss altogether. Uh, my all time like low now. Uh, up until this very day, my all time low was 174 pounds during my first prep. Yeah. So I went from 300 pounds to 174. So if you want to do the conversion on that. Yeah. So 300 to 174. So you lost 126 pounds, which 126 pounds is 57 kilos of pure body fat yeah which is insanity <laughs> and to put it into perspective i was always a taller guy i floated around six one to six three in high school and then right after high school been out of high school for five years i grew a little bit more so i'm sitting at six foot five inches now yeah so i mean i was a taller guy i carried it a little bit well yeah um compared to you kind of tell. yeah you know a shorter person but the pictures definitely serve their justice yeah <laughs> looking back on things so the biggest thing is like where I could see a lot of people that are struggling through a weight loss or wanting to do a similar weight loss and losing that, say, like 50 kilos or if they're, like, wanting to do a major change is – and people keep falling off that bandwagon once in a while. Like, you did say little – like, changing the little things. But what top tips do you have that for someone that doesn't necessarily want to get on stage but just have a major influx and stay at that weight? Okay, so my, I guess, philosophy behind it all, um, I'm trying to work with my dad right now, and some things that I'm stressing to him is, first of all, you have to want it, mm-hmm. 100%. Not, you can't do it because your wife or your girlfriend wants you to do it. You can't do it because your friends want you to do it. You have to do yeah. it for yourself. Genuinely, it has to come from the inside. That, two, before jumping on a fad diet like keto or the paleo or the you know all these crash diets, the green juice diets – do some type of research. Yeah. Like, the best thing you can do is educate yourself. And I say that because I may go ask you a question and have no – obviously, I'm asking the question because I have no idea. And you may tell me something. And if I don't you know, outsource you know, the rest of the information I'm looking for, well, then hell, for all I know, man, like everything that this person is telling me is true. Yeah. Do true. your own research. Everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can do the same type of dieting. Not everybody can eat the same type of food. So that would be number two. Um, number three – Definitely take your time with it. Yeah, okay. um, the whole, the whole, you know, I want to lose weight fast type thing. I can assure you, I can drop twenty pounds in four weeks, no problem. That twenty pounds is going to be right back on me yeah. within the next four weeks. Yeah, nothing that comes fast lasts long, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that comes in with what you last said as well of not jumping on that fad diet trend. Right. 
And that's a big thing with coming into that is you got to pick a way that's going to be sustainable because in the end, it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle change. It's a lifestyle change. change. Correct. Definitely. Um, so they're like hand in hand on making sure that you're in it for the long haul, not just a quick fix. Right. 100%. And I feel like a lot of people, especially in America, um, commercial after commercial after commercial ads on YouTube, it's all about fast, 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 fast. The, you know. On a commercial, they'll have fast and all caps. The fastest way to lose 20 pounds. The fastest yeah. way to drop 10 pounds. Oh, you want to look like this for the beach in four weeks. We got you. <laughs> you know, it's obviously it's all it's for, you know from a marketing standpoint yeah. to make money and things like that. But no, it's a lifestyle change. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I still don't eat donuts during the off season yeah. and pizza because I 100% do. But that it, when it comes down to it. I've taken the last six years of my life and built up to the control to, okay, hey, you guys want to go out tonight? Yeah. You know, let, let's grab a burger. You know, I might stop and get a donut on the way home. Cool. Well, tomorrow I guess I have to, you know, I'm back to my, my normal lifestyle, which is even if I'm not necessarily tracking and weighing everything out, I'm eating clean options. Yeah. You know, and that that comes from just developing the longevity and, and when it comes to the lifestyle. Um, so stuff like that. Um, and then from there – Pretty much just you have to stay – I believe in consistency over discipline because with consistency, discipline comes. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean um, you know, I may be disciplined to go to the gym. Like I know I'm disciplined to go to the gym, yeah. but if I don't stay consistent with going, I'm not going to get yeah, the results true. that I need. Same with my eating. I can go to the grocery store and buy clean foods, but if I don't stick to eating those clean foods, why purchase them? Yeah. You know, 100%. so definitely dial in on your consistency. Um, I like to tell people, you know, it's a cool little joke. For people that are new to it all, you know, you may go to a gym and, you know, everybody gets the, the oh, everybody's looking at me, the deer in the headlight yeah. feeling. Um, and a, a good friend of mine at home, I told him, I said, dude, I want you for the next four weeks, get in your car and drive to the gym every single day and put it in park, turn your car off five minutes, mm -hmm. then go back home. He looked at me. He said, what do you mean? I said, do that. And then, you know, the next four weeks, I want you to go inside three days a week. Go inside, look around, look at the machines, play around with the machines, go back home. Yeah. I said after that, the next four weeks, and, you know, this obviously, the, you know, it was just for the example, the four weeks thing. But when you go back in, learn the machine. Learn how many sets you feel like it takes until you feel a, a soreness or a pump or a swell up in your muscles, you know. And then from there, essentially, what I was getting at is the consistency yeah. is there, then the discipline naturally is going to come every time he goes in. Boom! I know exactly what I have to do. I know what I got to get done. And over time, you know, that's when longevity comes into play. It's like, man, you know, now it's been a year, and you know, I've, I look the way I look. I've lost the weight I, I've wanted to lose. You know, my nutrition has definitely upped. You know, it's a whole lot yeah. better. It's just, it's things like that. Th those are some of my the biggest things I tell people because a lot of people like to just jump into it. Don't get in the water if you can't swim. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good analogy. You know, so. Yeah. So the next thing is coming from where you did come from, snack foods, all those type of comfort foods and things like that. So now when you do get, say, a sugar craving or um, you feel like you want to go and have pizza every night or something like every night and you're going past in America or your fast food change and things like that, how do you like get out of that habit? Um, it's taken a while. I'm not going to sit here and look you in the eyes and tell you that I have not screwed up mm -hmm. and during an off-season because I definitely have. Um, but what I have learned most is cravings, you know, to be honest, I, I don't like telling people, but it's true. Cravings are temporary. Mm -hmm. um, if you give yourself say, – say, you know, all right, man, dude, I really want an apple fritter, one of my favorite donuts ever. I want an apple fritter. 7-Eleven is less than 30 seconds from my house, and they have the best apple fritter in town. Yeah. 
I've got two options. I can go get the apple fritter or I can not get the apple fritter. Yeah. Um, I'll see what I have left, you know, to eat, you know, for the day. And maybe I'll just go ahead and, you know, stack two meals to, to get full. Um, I do enjoy my diet soda. Uh, yeah. I love my, you know, diet Dr. Peppers, you know, the Pepsi Maxes. Um, in regards to it from a sugar alternative, Stevia, love. Like, if Stevia's not in my house, then we're going to have problems. Yeah. <laughs> got to have my Stevia. I found also, too, you know, get creative with your food. Even if you're not eating, 100%. like comp prep clean um you know things like like you know you showed me the the whole protein oats yeah um i like doing that i like putting you know a scoop of protein in my in uh, greek yogurt yeah it's like a mousse get a little bit of the sugar-free or the low-calorie whipped topping that alone like is junk food yeah (laughs) i mean if you really think about it uh so i guess finding the alternatives like that um and then give give yourself that five or ten minutes you know find something to occupy yourself and before you know it the craving will be gone. Yeah. And that's a huge, huge fact. I even had a conversation with one of my clients today. And it is, even through comp prep, is making it more sustainable. You don't have to go and eat chicken and broccoli every day or whatever's on your plan and that. You can work, put the ball in your court and make it work for you. So Definitely. Um, so you're not eating the same thing every day. So like a lot of my clients in peak week this week have made something like taco boats. And then the next day they'll be having... Um, like mini lettuce leaf burgers or something like that or curries and um, keeping it really consistent that way that you're tricking your mind to think, okay, I'm having something different or this is just as normal as I'm having. I'm just swapping those alternatives in and out to make sure that I'm reaching my goals and making the success um, and doing those, those little things. I think that's a big way that you can really get the longevity to go a lot faster. Swapping your pasta out for zucchini pasta or edema pasta or something along those lines that we're lucky now that um, there are those alternatives and options. I definitely agree with that. Um, I think my biggest thing too is uh, the illusion that you you give your mind Mm. when it comes to the way you eat. Um, I know, for example, if I boil two eggs versus scramble two eggs, Mm. scrambled eggs look like looks like a whole lot more food yeah i'm not eating anything more or anything less but yeah. mentally man this is a lot more food i'm gonna get a little bit more full you know it's it's yeah. doing small tricks like that like you said you know the, the lettuce burgers things like that um i like making omelets because omelets are just so dense yeah true. Um, you know it's you so much more volume them. yeah i mean stick all of your veggies in them and you're gonna have an issue trying to finish that omelet yeah um so yeah definitely things like that too for sure there's so many options out there I mean, I love peanut butter, but I know during comp prep, I don't have peanut butter. And I like to tell people, even if you gave me peanut butter, mm. I'm not going to eat it if it's not at least two servings because it's a tease. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, there, there are options like protein powders. You know, at back home, one of my favorites from GNC is just their standard way. Um, it's just a peanut butter protein. Okay, then go to the store and buy the PB Fit. It's 50 calories a serving. Yeah. You know, if we can work that into the plan, do, you know, like a thick shake. Well, now I have like a milkshake. That mm. alone is like, okay, it's sweet. It's really dense. It reminds me of junk food. And when you say milk, milkshake, it's not actually a milk milkshake. Right. What, what, what's it made out of? So you've got to clarify for but, everyone. Yeah, just, just to clarify. <laughs> um, for me personally, an excess load of stevia. <laughs> um, ice, whey protein, and almond milk or a little bit of water. just depending yeah. on like what I'm feeling like. Um, and essentially what you do is the ice is going to make it really thick. I mean, if you use anything less than like four ounces of water or almond milk, yeah, um, it's going to give it a really, really thick blend. Yeah, and so it's um, almost again kind of like frosting. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. 
Um, and it, I like to tell people, you know, in the States, if you've ever had a Frosty from Wendy's or something, it's about the same consistency. Yeah, which is like sweet. a McDonald's thick shakes. Yeah, and it, you <clears> know, it's still sweet, and when it comes down to it, it's a third of the calories, um, maybe even less, and it's, it's, it's on plan, you know, yeah. so you don't mess up. Yeah. So going from having that weight loss and taking that journey, what got you into the fitness side where we're looking at competing and going down the bodybuilding path? How did that happen? Um, as, as ironic or weird as it may sound, I always, being a heavier kid, I always was attracted to like the slim fit clothing. Slim yeah. fit clothing. Um, I knew 300 pounds, I was getting in a pair of skinny jeans. Yeah, true. <laughs> or, you know, a slim fit button up or a long style t-shirt. Um, so I knew that I had to do whatever it took, first of all, to get down to a size to be able to even go to those clothing aisles in the stores. Um, from there, you know, as I got a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller, you know, you know, obviously styles and things like that changed up. And a weird part of me was like, dang, the only thing I don't have and the only thing I've never seen are my abs. You know, I've yeah. never had, you know, my chest has never been like kind of shaped. I've never really had like a tighter waist, you know. So then that was when I kind of got into the mindset of, you know, starting to add cardio and starting to do different types of training, um, you know, things of that sort. And then... I was in a relationship for three years and off and on throughout that three years, I had always kind of like, you know, kept up with some of my friends that did more of like bodybuilding when it came to competing. Uh, never yeah. really, didn't really know what men's physique was or men's fitness and things like that, but always seeing them go from their deep off season look to their bone dry shredded, you know, full look on stage day. It was like, what do, they, what do these guys do? Like mm. really, what do they do? But I knew there was a part of me as bad as I wanted that for myself, I did not have the discipline. I did yeah. not have the consistency. I just didn't have the things that it took to survive a competition prep. Yeah. So you know that you know the, the thoughts fell off, and I just continued to train. Another year or two went by, and um, after getting out of that relationship, a lot of things changed. And I think the biggest thing for me was just seeing how far, if I did take on something like this, how far can I physically push myself? How far yeah. can I go? What's the what's the look I really have up underneath all of this? So that's kind of where that came into play. Um, and I mean, but it's weird because it all started off of a style that I wanted to be able to wear, you know, and one thing led to another. And over the course of what, three or four years, it was like, man, I went from dropping all that weight, you know, now I look kind of halfway decent, yeah. this and that. Let's go ahead and go to the next step mm. or, you know, take it to the next level. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's kind of where, where it really came into play. Like, it was really weird yeah. you know, how it all happened for sure. And then what kind of got you to the point where you then ended up signing up for a show? Um, so I, I went back and forth with myself for about six months. And this was before I had met you and started talking with you about yeah. things. Um, and bodybuilding and competing, you know, based, you know, from a social media standpoint was, that's all I saw. You know, I yeah, believe in, you know, the whole law of attraction and, you know, I, that's a topic for another time. But I believe in all the, all these weird things and, and where you place yourself, the things that show up, it's for a reason. Mm. Um, I was like, man, like, I'm, I'm not wide. I'm so freaking tall. Like, yeah. don't have a lot of size on me. But, but what if? What if? What if? What if? What if? And I believe if there's an opportunity presented, or if you have the ability to do something, don't turn it down. Yeah. Um, at the time, I was working a very, very high-paying job for my age and you know the edu level of education I had. And I was like, man, I mean, like this is kind of the best opportunity. I'm single. I don't have any any ties. Like, 
I, just, I, I work six, sometimes seven days a week, but like it'd be manageable. I, I'm very knowledgeable in the gym now. I know how to properly train. Yeah. Um, so honestly, I kind of stepped out on a limb and was yeah. like, let's try it. Yeah. And that was when I, you know, I got with you and started talking with you and um, the nerves were wrecked. I was scared. Didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Didn't even know if I'd survive the daggone thing. Um, yeah. I was, so from a, from a job standpoint, guys, I was, I was welding full time and uh, very taxing. Um, I was doing production welding, so very long hours, but I had all the other resources there, mm. you know, and that's kind of what, what did it in for me. It was like, do it now or, no, or don't do it at all type of yeah. thing. So, hundred percent. So, going into your job, long, long hours, all that. I know everyone. A lot of times, when people do want to do competitions, come to me and they're like, "Oh, but my job's this, and I struggle to make this, and I struggle to make the cardio here." So, what type of things do you do to make sure that you get around that? Uh, personally, I'm, I'm a very organized person, um, and. I put priorities first. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's paying bills, showing up to work, going to the gym. Uh, so for me personally, I had didn't necessarily have the schedule yeah. to, to train the way I did, but I made it work. Um, so I worked at 3 p.m. and I got home around 3 a.m. shift. Mm. Uh, so it was very, very odd. You know, by the time eating my last meal, showering, getting in bed, it was 4:30. I was back up at 8:30. Yeah. Um, the only only reason why I got up that early is because okay, I have gym, I have errands to run, I have to clean the house then I have to get ready for work, you know? Um, so it was kind of one of those things where I just made it a priority because I worked a Sunday to Thursday shift. So I made it a priority Sunday to Thursday, nothing else matters. I won't see my family. I won't hang out with my friends. I won't do anything except for go to the gym and take care of my responsibilities. Yeah. And that's kind of what I did. I mean, it was hard. A lot of mornings getting up, you know, if I was very, very restless during my sleep, it was like, man, I slept like two and a half or three hours. Like, Am I really about to go to the gym? Yeah. You know, like, and there were mornings it took me 45 minutes to get to the gym. I'd get to the gym. I'd, you know, screw off for a little while. and yeah, like, true. But I still eventually got it done, yeah. you know, one way or another because I knew, <clears throat> excuse me, I knew if I didn't, then all the money I was spending, all the food I was eating, all the time I'm investing, yeah. you know, the way I'm feeling, like, it would be for nothing. Yeah. You know, and, and then I realized, well, hell, I'm, I'm too far in now. Like, I, I can't stop. Mm. So you just... You reach a point to where, like, you just turn autopilot on and you just do it. Um, it's not like that for everybody. For some people, they struggle more. Um, others don't struggle hardly at all. Um, but it really comes down to your mindset. Like, if you're going to set out to do something that requires so much of you, not necessarily competition prep. This goes for anything. But if you're going to set out to do something that requires so much of you, you better be ready to, to go ahead and give everything it takes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's that simple. So. So when you are like feeling down, feeling like, you know what, stuff this, don't want to do it, this type of stuff, what kind of gets you through? Um, I like to think back. I have this weird thought that, that stays in the back of my head. It, it'll probably be there for the rest of my life, and I have a fear of going back to the way I used to look. Yeah, um, okay. I, I know for comp prep, big time, it was... I'm so self-conscious, man. Like I'm so like body dysmorphia. Like I, you know, I look at myself 60, 70 times a day, like, you know, mm. try and flex as hard as I can. Well, this hasn't changed. Well, this has changed, but like this hasn't changed enough. Um, so for me, it was kind of just one of those things where it's like, I, I, I don't know, man. I just knew like I had to keep, I had to keep going. Like, I mean, it, it was hard. It was really freaking hard my first prep, but like, just do the cardio, Chris. Even if you put the Stairmaster on speed 10 and it takes you 45 minutes, hit those numbers, man. Yeah. Even if your lift takes twice as long, even if you don't have a pump, like, if I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, just get it done. 
Yeah. You know, um, there were some days I'd go in and bust out cardio in an insane chest session, mm. an hour and a half. There were some days, like on the weekends when I was off, it took me three hours. I just yeah. didn't have to drive. You know, I don't believe in motivation at all. My motivation in the mornings to get up is my oatmeal and my protein. Yeah. Like, like it, it, I have a sweet tooth. I'll, I'll always have one, you know. So certain foods are my motivation. I believe it, you know, from there on, it's just the, the sheer dedication and things like that that really get you through yeah. and the discipline, you know. So I like, I like to tell people sometimes it's better to slow down and keep going than it is to completely stop. Because mm. it's always going to be harder to, to get going again if you completely stop. Yeah. So just do whatever it takes. If that means doubling up on the time, if that means taking an extra rest day because you know it's going to benefit you next week, you know, because you're going to hit the gym every day. Like whatever it is that works for you, it's small things like that. Yeah, and that's the thing again, consistency. Yeah, uh, keeping it consistent. So your first show, um, rewind. How long ago? Two years now. Uh, one year and a half. So uh, June thirtieth would be two years. June thirtieth, twenty twenty, would be two years. So okay. So going back about one and a half years into your first show. So I um, think about that. <laughs> yeah. How did you find? Say, especially show day. How was the prep coming in? You it was pretty hard. We've gone over that. But on the day, how were you feeling? Like you're kind of doing something for the first time, nerves, your coach is on the other side of the world. Um, we've had the contact through posing and all that kind of stuff, but how are you feeling that way? Um, honestly, man, I was very overwhelmed in a good way. Just the excitement was unreal. Um, I'm not like, I like, nobody ever sees it, but like, believe it or not, I'm an extremely shy person and I'm extremely nervous. Like, yeah. hands down, will always be like, there are days where I still go in the opposite aisle of the grocery store to like avoid people. Like, mm. that's just a part of me, you know, and that came from, you know, when I, things I dealt with when I was younger, but a weird part of me was like, not afraid, not scared, nerves through the freaking roof, man. Yeah. <laughs> the re- biggest reason was because my posing was not nearly as good as what it is now, you know, so like it was small things like that I was worrying about. Um, show day overall went well. Times got switched up, so that screwed up our carb up big time. Yeah. Because I got on, ended up getting on stage like almost three hours earlier than what I was supposed to. But aside of that, like show day as a whole, it went very, very well. Um, I definitely enjoyed – it was hard, you know, with the way we did the water cut and things like that. But like the day before, getting your tan, you're getting all excited. Yeah. You know, you're starting to like every hour, something on your body is starting to change. Yeah. Uh, you're starting to carb up. Um, and for me personally, I had the ability to just disconnect for, you know, a few hours the night before. Um, and I really got to sit back and think about everything I did. You know, it all mm-hmm. just kind of like soaked in. And then the morning of show, the same thing happened again. You know, I was, cause I, the, ho- the host hotel was like, a 20 minute drive so didn't for the first time listen to music didn't do anything like that and i just thought about like everything i did over the last six months yeah and that was when i knew all right yeah <laughs> game, like, on. game on let's go have fun um and then you know the pump up was pretty cool something i will say about competition is everybody's there for um for for one reason well everybody shares one of the same reasons and that's for uh themselves everybody does this for themselves yeah but with that you meet so many just incredibly humbled people like yeah, we all did the same thing yeah you may have a desk job i may do manual labor but you still had prep yeah. i still had a prep we all had the crazy cardio we all had the ridiculous meal plans you know and everybody is just like so nice i think i met one out of like 60 guys one actual asshole yeah and 100%. i mean so i mean like like the ratio is so unreal you don't even think about it you mm-hmm. know and you know i met incredible people i have so many friends on instagram now that i actually talk to on a regular that follow yeah. me keep up with me um, so yeah, show day as a whole, 
definitely don't think about what you're going to eat afterwards. Yeah. Like, don't think about the post-show celebration because show is a celebration, in yeah. my opinion. Um, yeah, that's cool. And yeah. that's kind of a good way to look at it is like the end of your journey and you're definitely. hitting it, but it's maybe just a segment. You're not going – it's not the full end where you can send it the next day. Um, but, yeah, taking on that. Um, what did you learn from that first show? I learned that I lacked <laughs> – let's start with the things I lacked in. Um, <laughs> my – my discipline was not where I wanted it. My consistency for the or for my nutrition was on point. I think that came from first show. Now I wouldn't screw anything up. I think I had what I messaged you a couple of times, man, Jake, dude, I just had a protein bar, and you were like, dude, what? Like, <laughs> like, like you, like I thought you were gonna say brownies or something. Yeah, you know, that's like right. um, <laughs> I was extremely hard on myself. Um, yeah. Some other some that. other good things about about the prep though as a whole were I did learn where my limits lied. Um, I, I learned kind of where I stood, as corny as it sounds, how far can I go on four hours of sleep? How far can I go with, you know, picking up the extra overtime at work? You know, it, it's things like that um, that taught me so much. Um, and then when it really came down to it, I think as a whole, like bringing it all in, I definitely learned that if I really set my mind to something, I can do it, no problem. Yeah, it, it's not going to be easy. <laughs> yeah, um, but 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 I can definitely do it. Um, and then I, I I remember I had we did a re well a cheat a cheat meal due to the metabolism, and then I had a trip to Los Angeles scheduled months ahead of time. You know, you allowed due to numbers being on point, you allowed me to have you know a meal as well. And I think the hardest part out of all the prep was traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, taking a, a legit vacation or for you guys call it a holiday, going on holiday during prep sucks, man. Yeah. I would never do it again. Um, no. th- this is definitely an exception because I'm not working while I'm here. Yeah. Um, you know, I made, I made it a point to come during a prep for a reason to do mm-hmm. a show. Um, so there's so many variables like, like I definitely lacked in like the consistency and things like that when it came to, you know, I found myself toward the end of a workout, man, like come on, Christian, you're almost there. You know, I never once walked out on a workout, but I, I found myself slacking on some of the intensity at times. Um, yeah. Found myself, you know, I, I, I like to overcomplicate things, yeah, especially okay. in the grocery store. Um, yeah. You know, like, you know, it's just, it's, it's small things like that. But what I was really good at was just staying consistent with the food, um, consistent with, like, that end goal. Like, every day, you know, envisioning what I'm going to look like, you know, mm-hmm. come to end of prep. Things like that, man. Yeah. So... So coming, sitting to where you are today, we're a year and a half forward. Um, you're in your last week of comp prep. How did you end up here in Australia? <laughs> so last year, um, I was originally supposed to come over here after, what was it? Was it? Yeah, yeah, last year. After, yeah, one of your um, shows, I think. Or maybe it was your, I don't know, dude. Time is crazy right now. Yeah. Anyways, I was supposed to come over after my, after my first show. And um, long story short, the eight-year-old kid and me came back out post-show. Yeah. The binge eating, lost all self-control. Uh, you can do the conversion if you want. I gained 30 pounds um, in six weeks. At the end of week number eight post-show, 20 pounds of that stayed. So that would be 13 kilos in the first and, what, 20 pounds stay. So yeah. you're up about 10 kilo. Up about 10 kilo um, within eight weeks. Yep. Uh, so the reversing out did not exist um it was a you know the plan you gave me i ate it for three or four days and then the last two or three days of the week whatever i ate was what i ate but it wasn't a controlled state you know it was a 
okay, I, I remember visiting my, my aunt and uncle down at the beach, and she makes the best Oreo balls, dude. Yeah. The best, um, <laughs> like, actually, it's a pretty healthy snack, like a protein oat, like, like ball. Yeah. Um, it was like 300 of them, dude, and in two days, I had them all eaten. Yeah. I, you, you know, just, just lack of self-control. Um, so I ended up not coming over here because my body just, there was no point to try and compete if, I mean, I was like a 10-week-out physique at that point, like, yeah. <laughs> and I had like four weeks to bring it in. Um, so going into the off-season, I realized like I could take it uh, one or two ways. I can just pity me, pity me, and, and, and suffer, or I could do something about it. Mm. So I tried doing a meal plan again. I, at that point, I was over the binge eating, so I was eating majority of my food. It was like a 70-30 split. Um, some call it flexible dining. I called it, I ate clean and I had what I wanted. Yeah. Um, but I took my training to the next level. I hit numbers I never hit ever in the gym. Um, I grew a decent amount and I had fun. Like training was so fun. Like, you know, my roommate and I would go to the gym, dude, I'm getting 250 pounds on bench for the first time in my life tonight. Yeah. And it would happen. I'm pulling yeah, cool. 405 for a set of four for the first time in my life tonight. You know, like we would always challenge each other and things like that. So I took, I took the screw up post show and used it to my advantage in the gym. Yeah, set um, different goals. Went, set different goals, yeah. things like that. And then I honestly had no intentions of competing this year because I knew I needed to put more size on and things like that. But looking back on my first show, we did the first show to kind of see where I stood. You yeah. know, there's only one way to see where you're currently at after doing everything I did, and that's to diet down again. Mm. You know, so I made made it an effort, um, or I made it a goal actually to make sure I get here this year. You know, so talking with you and Jess, like figuring out times. And then you hit me with, uh, um, so do VIX if you're going to come. And I was <laughs> like, do VIX. Like, I don't have the funds to, to qualify in the States, man. Like, it's going to be a lot of money. And you said, no, nah, man, you don't have to, you know, you can do VIX. Like, like no, no pre-qualification. Send me a meal plan, man. <laughs> um, so I made the effort to come over here, though. It was hard. I did a lot of things, you know, during this prep. I left welding, long story short, let's backtrack a second. I left welding, tried a new sales job, failed miserably, spent all my money, went broke. Yeah. Started the first of the year. Um, only thing I had left aside of friends and family was my house and my motorcycle. Um, crashed my car, you know, previously, uh, you know, a few months back. Like, I had zero, literally zero dollars to my name. Um, I started working a retail job. Uh, got back involved with landscaping, you know, for a previous company I had worked for for many years back in high school. And, you know, I went from making the $55,000, $60,000 a year to making, like, 22, 23. Yeah. So it was a struggle, but I genuinely believe, like I said a little while ago, if opportunity is there, take it. doesn't matter what it is. Just to, who cares about the risk involved? Who cares yeah. what the, the might, what if this? You're never going to know unless you do it. Yeah. So I, I made sure I did everything in my power, picked up weekend work. I worked for – I did two runs of 32 days straight. And then had two days off and did another 32 days straight of work. Um, that was to pay for comp, you know, foods. I was still behind on bills, you know, getting behind with you, getting behind with, you know, the rent. But it was like, I have to make this happen. Like, I'm 23 years old. Yeah. I'm, my bucket list country number one is Australia. I now have the opportunity to compete. What am I going to do? Yeah. So I did whatever I could to make it happen. And, you know, comp prep th this year was definitely a struggle, primarily just because of finances. You know, you yeah, got to yeah, have true. the money to do anything. But I don't like making excuses to get out of something. Like, yeah. like I feel like you it's always too easy it's to almost like, too oh. easy. You know, you have to stay real with yourself. You have to push. You have to grind. And if that means working 12, 13, 14, 15 hours a day, seven days a week, then freaking do it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, 
there's 10 other people behind me, dude, that want this same opportunity. Yeah. All the guys at home that are backing me would love to be here right yeah, now. True. Maybe not to compete, but they all want to be here in Australia. So mm -hmm. I knew, you know, like, why give up something so incredible? You know, I had the opportunity from you to come stay here, like, to compete, you know, to meet the team finally after talking with you guys for yeah. two years, like, video chatting and things. So I did whatever it took. Um, and now here we are. Like, I bought my plane ticket. Shout out to my boss, Spencer Duncan. Um, you know, we were sitting at lunch one day. It's like, man, dude, I found a round trip ticket for $791. And he looked at me, he said, what? He's like, you gonna buy it? I said, Spencer, I don't have the funds until we get paid. You know that. Yeah. You know, pulled out his credit card, gave me my, pay my paycheck early, bought my ticket. And That's from awesome. there on, it was like, all right, Chris, the hardest part's taken care of. I already had my passport. My mom purchased my visa. My mom took over my phone bill for a little while. You know, my dad was, you know, all my parents, you know, or both my parents and step parents and some of the guys were all helping me out with meal prep foods. Yeah. The guy that was funding me on the weekends, Ivan, all the work I needed was giving it to me to just make sure I had, you know, it was penny pinch, penny pinch, penny pinch, but it worked out because yeah. I just didn't give up. That's and insane. now here I am. I've been in Australia for four days, <laughs> five days, and it's the best freaking experience <laughs> of my life, dude. Like, like I, I was on the plane, um, my second flight over, and you know everybody was sleeping. I, I don't even know what time it was because my phone, you know, no service, nothing was updating, and I was just sitting there, and a, a, a song uh, by my brother came on. My brother makes music, and I have to show it to you sometime, man. But like every lyric was pretty much what I went through. Yeah, dude, I, tears just started rolling down my nice. face, man. Like I, I'm not a very emotional person like that, but it, it just really hit me. It's like I literally did everything that was necessary mm. you know i had a little send-off party before i left and something i told my family and my friends i said we are all here trying to live the above average lifestyle mm. i said we have all been given the resources to do that so it's ignorant to decline those resources it might not be easy but if it's there take it and run yeah. with it you know and so yeah man That's now I'm, I'm, a, I'm in peak week and i'm getting ready my second show is overseas man like <laughs> competing in men's fitness and it's like that hasn't set in yet. Yeah. <laughs> that probably won't set in until this upcoming weekend. But to get that tan on. Yeah, but I mean, here we are, man. Like I, I did it, you know. Insane. So, taking a back back step from that little bit of a log, uh, I just want to take out that post comp um, coming after your first comp. I know a lot of people do go through the binges, oh, and absolutely. you kind of ran over pretty quick, but. What was your biggest way that you got out of that post-comp kind of ditch of going out and eating and putting on that weight? The biggest thing, man, was <laughs> I went from – my waist got down – well, my let's go – not my waist. My hips got down to like 29 and a half. Mm. Um, I went from a 29 and a half I, – I float around a 32-inch 32, a 32 waist pant, so like around the hips, 32, 33. I was pushing a 35-inch hip yeah. in that eight weeks. And I realized clothes aren't fitting. I mm. literally feel like crap. It just, I felt I was just like a, a bogged down man, so bogged down. Um, training was incredible, but it was like, like nothing fits. Like like nothing feels good. Like it's almost not even fun to, to go to the gym. And like you know, you get used to seeing yourself look a certain way for so long. And everything was just upside down. And yeah. I realized like Chris. You gotta chill, man. You don't have to get back on a meal plan, but you gotta cut back on the eating. Yeah. Um, so it took, let's say, eight weeks. That would be two months. Ended up taking about three months to fully get out of it. And what I did was, okay, three main meals a day, the same meals every as if I'm in a comp prep. Yeah. The other two, two or three meals, I gave myself an X amount of macros. So that's when quote unquote flexible dieting came yeah. in. And then I would have like that one big cheat meal or or refeed every 
I'd say seven to ten days. Yeah. So I didn't lose the, which honestly was completely unnecessary. I had way too much weight on me at that point to even think about doing something like that. But I knew if I didn't, I would go back into that same cycle. Yeah, true. You know, so given it was so all season. You had that fear because you knew where it would end up if you didn't stop. Exactly. Yeah. So I did just just those things, honestly, that were 100% necessary. And eventually I found myself like there were several nights where, you know, or several times where I wanted a cheat meal. I just have an overload of jasmine rice yeah. <laughs> with like way too much chicken and like a, a load of barbecue sauce. Yeah. That tasted better and made me feel better than having four slices of pizza. Mm. I still got the same bloatedness and I spilt over real bad things like that. But at least I knew when it really came down to it, pizza, jasmine rice. Yeah. Come on, Chris. Yeah. You know, and I, I enjoyed that. So that's kind of where that went. And, and I finally found a balance um, going into the first of this year and it got to where sometimes I would just do like, say if I wanted pretzels or the peanut butter or a bagel mm. or something like that, I would give myself, let's say 20 or 30 grams of carbs a day in my meal plan, you know, or in my macros to, all right, add a serving of pretzels. Uh, well, you can have your bagel today. You can have your low fat, low fat cream cheese, things like that. So then it was like, now I'm not sitting down and eating a mass load of calories yeah. every seven to 10 days. I'm still eating, say, 200 calories above a maintenance, so now I'm not gaining excess weight. Yeah. Training is going good. I'm feeling good. So that, that's kind of where that went. But it took me from pretty much July 1st up until July 1st, or, or yeah, July 1st, 2018, up until January 1st, 2019, to get fully out of that because yeah. that's how deep I dug myself again. Yeah. So with. This time around, say, what's different with this prep? So looking at you are competing in a couple days, how's your reverse going to look? What have you learned from that experience? So from from that experience alone, um, I already know. (laughs) I already know what's going to happen to me if I have a donut. I'm going to enjoy myself definitely. I'm going to have a beer. I'm going to have a a huge steak. Like I'm going to have a burger. But I know, Chris, if you have more than two or three donuts, bathroom time, yeah. If you have too much other sugars, fetal position, if you have, you know, too, whatever the case may be, like, dude, it's going to mess me up so bad. Yeah. There's almost a part of me that, that like, I'm afraid, and aside of trying, you know, some of the Aussie foods and things like that, I'm afraid to really enjoy myself. Like, mm. like that, that's become a fear, and it's been getting worse and worse throughout prep because I already know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I think with that, it does benefit me. You know, from a standpoint of like, all right, this time I worked way too. I worked twice as hard this time than I did my first prep. I'm not saying I want abs eight months into my off season, but I'm not going to be, you know, 20 or 30 or 40 pounds of pure fat heavier. I'm going to do what's necessary. I am going to have my, let, let's say, Sunday morning breakfast, my, my homemade bacon, egg, and cheese, or I'll do like a big omelet with like, um, in the States, Kodiak, or Kodiak pancakes are huge. It's like a protein pancake. Okay. Yeah. Super clean. I'll do something like that, but with like, Instead of a sugar-free syrup, I'll do like a light maple syrup or something. Yeah, you know, I would do the small things to stay out of or to stay as far away from the bench state as I can. Yeah. Um, so I definitely want to stick to my reverse. I definitely want to uh, get back things, favorite things like bagels or my jasmine rice, white potatoes, stuff like that. Um, yeah. So it keeps me. I'm not in. A, oh my god, I'm eating so strict. I'm eating the things I want. And I'm following a, a plan, and I'm getting the results I need. So yeah. that that's the route that I've, I've genuinely like. I like to tell people never say you're not going to do something because chances are you are, and that's what I did last year. But um, I'm genuinely stuck on making sure I do things the right way this time. Yeah, and that's something I've learned. Every single comp prep that you, you do go in, that 
coming out of it's always a lot easier because you know where you're going, you've reset your goals, you're going through that. I think the hardest thing is your first comp, everyone kind of almost goes down that blowout stage. Definitely. Um, just because they don't know where they're going or like, for me, for example, I've always been skinny. Um, so when I did go through that blowout phase, I was like, oh, I can actually get fat. Like, yeah. I never <laughs> thought I could. Um, all right, so something a big difference. You're sitting here in Australia. What's the big difference you find maybe in the fitness industry, all those type of things in America versus Australia? So at home, let's, let's, use, let's use the grocery store, for example. At home, um, at you know, over here you guys have uh, the Coles. Yeah. Uh, where I live at, it's called Kroger, and then down south we have Publix, um, and of course everybody knows what Walmart is. Um, from a fitness side of things, I am a minnow in a Shark Tank, and by that I mean obesity is in, is, is insane back yeah. home. Um, you know, so like for every, and I hate being like this, but it's fact. For every twenty genuinely overweight, obese people. There's two or three genuinely in shape people. Mm. Um, here, what I have personally noticed is it's the complete opposite, um, especially yeah. in this location um, in the Melbourne area. Like there's so many, so many people like they're in shape. Uh, they look good. They look healthy, uh, especially like the, in like the face that you know your, their skin looks like a whole lot better. Um, and then I haven't seen that many you know genuinely overweight people. I know mm. like you know over here like obesity is. It's not like a big thing, but like it's it's getting still up there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still up there. Um, but so just from a straight fitness standpoint, like just just the way people look and take care of themselves um, yeah. alone is night and day. Um, from a training standpoint, um, I don't I don't really know. I mean, I guess it's kind of the same. Like everybody that trains freaking goes all in, you know. Yeah, so so, so that, that's definitely the same. Um, from a from a grocery store, like like food options at home, every single freaking end cap. Every end cap is is box foods, processed foods, candies, sugars, things like that. So you mean end cap is like end of the aisle? So, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the end of the aisle, and honestly, even like in the aisle, I know I've noticed here, like in the grocery aisle, you don't have as much of that. Like at home, everything is in a box, dude. Unless mm. you're in the fresh produce section or where all the meats are sold, everything you yeah. get is in a freaking box. That's crazy. Um, I haven't really. I mean, obviously, it's like that here, but it's not nearly as bad. I mean, yeah. it's it's a fraction of it. Um, a whole lot more canned goods here, a whole lot more fresh produce, you know, over here. The the end caps, like at the end of end of the aisles, aren't flooded with freaking more boxes, yeah. <laughs> more fake artificial processed foods. Um, and then, let's see. Um, I, I, I guess that'd the be about water it. was different as well. Like oh yeah, definitely. So obviously in America, like like everything has to be tampered with. Uh, I don't drink sink water at home. Yeah. Unless I just really don't feel like going out to the store. Um, sink water here, it tastes – so at home, like, if you have a well, you, you drink out of the sink because there's nothing better than when the water comes, like, fresh from fresh from a spring. Here, your sink water tastes like that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm okay with, like, with the way water – simple things, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at, at home, they, they dilute, like, city water and stuff with tons of, like, chlorine and fluorides and things. Yeah. Okay. So it's really bad on your teeth and stuff like that. Mm. Versus here, it's like – I'll bathe in it. I'll drink yeah. it. Like I mean, it's it's good, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's things like that, definitely. Yeah, just the small small population things. Yeah. So coming in, how are you feeling? So we're a few days out now. You're coming into peak. We're already in peak week. Um, how are you feeling about this time stepping on stage? Extremely confident. Yeah. Um, very very happy with the way I'm looking. Uh, keep in mind, guys, like <laughs> the workload. 
obviously like it fell off because I'm not at home in the States, but I did the first couple of days battle with the fatigue and things like that still. Um, in regards to the way I'm coming in though, it didn't matter if I was here or at home. Yeah. As when it came to my shape, the way I look, 10 times better than last year, completely night and day. I didn't really gain too much size over the off season, but you put it side by side together and it's like, wow. Mm. You know, last year, I, I shouldn't have gotten on stage obviously, but you gotta start somewhere. Um, mentally, the, the clarity is there because I'm getting more rest, adequate rest. Um, I'm not as active. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, at home doing landscape and I walk five to seven miles a day, sometimes yeah. eight miles a day. And it, you know, it's summer at home right now. So 90s to 100 degrees. Mm. Um, so I don't have that type of stress on my body. So I feel like, you know, my adrenal glands, cognitive functions, things like that are being able to be replenished. Um, so I, I definitely have, uh, I guess, an advantage over myself, you know, versus being at home and working. Um, you know, I'm, that, that's why I think yeah. I'm feeling a whole lot better. Peak week, today was the first real day of peak week. I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to be a breeze, but it's definitely going to be a lot easier than last year. But I find when it comes down to things like that, it's all mental. Yeah. Um, backloading water, it's not fun. I pee a lot. I have my bladder, like I have an issue with my bladder where I just, I, I use the bathroom a whole lot. Um, but it's a matter of just getting through it. Like, like peak week's going to be fine, dude. Like, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to be. Especially out here as yeah. well. Like, you're going to have more exciting things and we're going to keep busy and things like that as yeah. well. Yeah. Definitely the excitement is keeping me, keeping me rolling too. Even if I don't really sleep well because you know all the jet lag and things like that. The excitement of just being here and the experience as mm -hmm. a whole. Dude, I'm, I'm so ready. Yeah, <laughs> you I'm wait so ready. Until you see this stage. Yeah. Um, the other thing is coming down on putting pressure on yourself with results. I know I get that quite a lot. Um, how did you go on that in your first comp versus now? My first comp, um, looking back at what the judges said, the biggest thing was obviously was size. And I knew that. Um, I, I was <laughs> The guys I was up against yeah. were literally twice my size. But something that they did tell me, I didn't think my conditioning was enough, but they said I held my own due to conditioning, which, yeah. which is great. That you know, especially when it comes down to competing in you know a natural federation, conditioning and size. It's conditioning, then it goes size, um, depending on the category that, yeah. that you go through. Um, so I knew from a results standpoint, all right, I have the ability to lose weight very fast. I can get the conditioning. Mm. Um, what do I need to do to grow a little bit? That that's kind of where I was at. So. Um, I didn't necessarily. Well, I, I did actually follow a, a structured training training plan for 16 weeks, and that's when all the crazy results came. So I guess I just focused on like making sure that I outdid my first physique. That, that's what it's all about. You know, yeah. you have you can't compare yourself to other people because then you'll never be good enough. But in order to 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 be compared to someone else by a judge, you have to first beat your previous self, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So th that's kind of where I was like. Always looking at pictures, always doing side by sides. Mm. You know, different times of the year, slightly different lines of work. But it was like, all right, um, ten weeks in now. What was I like ten weeks? You know, last yeah. year. You know, how much smaller was I? That. How much more conditioned was I? Um, I definitely fell behind on conditioning this year, but it came in and a smaller. It, it, it like crunch timed itself. Yeah. You know, so I wasn't as lean, say ten weeks into prep as I was last year. But I was bigger. I was fuller. Mm. Um, you know, so it was things like that yeah. that I definitely dialed in on. And that's something like I've always preached hardcore is I've always the whole like competitive career is run my own race, and it's always definitely. like cool. Set that bar. All right, let's go better. Cool. Next show, better, better, better. And like I think for me, running my own race is that's the hardest competition. I've got 
my one on my titles and all those type of comps that I've won because I've just kept upping my right. standard. So it's got to the point where, well, no one matches my own standard now, and I'm just like, cool, how do I beat that? Right. How do I beat... And it just goes up and up and up um, until no one else can match it if exactly. on, their, on their first couple of shows. So that's kind of... That big biggest way I've always looked at it, and if you are a first time competitor or like you are competing, don't put too much pressure on yourself that you're going to be like, I'm going to win because it's no, don't. in the end, <laughs> it's like you can't control the other people, you can't control how good they're going to come in or anything like that. It all comes down to in the end, if you bring in the best you can, that's all you can do, and that's the number one thing. So, with that last last week. What is going to set your part this year on stage? Um, so this year on stage, um, definitely the size that I put on. Yeah. Posing 110%. Yeah, that's a big this year. <laughs> Dude, I haven't even posted. I'm, after this, I, I can show you some photos. I'm embarrassed to post photos <laughs> from last year. Like, it, I, I, that, that's a to- topic for another time. But uh, yeah. definitely posing is 100% 180. Confidence is definitely up there. Um, still kind of unsure about the conditioning. I'd like to have been more conditioned, but given all the circumstances, I'm very pleased and happy, definitely satisfied with where I'm at in regards to that. I know a lot of things changed in our peak week too. Um, and I think overall, um, the excitement of being overseas, um, alone is going to increase my, my, my stage presence. Like, yeah. I, I mean, the, the, those that know me, I, I'm huge when it comes to like my smiling, very photogenic, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely out there when it comes to that. Um, so I think that paired with the excitement, um, you know, the overall just better physique. Um, oh, dude, I, I'm, my, my, my previous physique has been wiped off the map. Like, yeah. And that's so. all that counts in the end. Yeah. It's like you've beaten that physique, so it's now, yeah, like you've done what you can. So it's now going up there and celebrating again, like we said before, celebrating your whole journey and the journey you took to get here and doing all those type of things as well. Well, that's definitely something else too, like – if you could see the life I had lived, or, or if anybody could see the life I had to live day in and day out and the things I struggled with and battled with, like, I mean, I remember waking up, there were mornings where I just physically couldn't feel a, a limb on my body, but I knew, like, all that's going to be so worth it on September yeah. 21st, you know, so that alone, too, taking the last six months, compress it all into one day, um, that alone is, is why I'm so, so much more excited for this show, too, is yeah. because of what, what went into it. What it represents. It. Yeah, and- like, the, the meaning behind it all is so powerful. Um, I almost can't even explain like how I feel. Like it's just I'm just alive on the inside, man. Yeah. Like so, it, it's awesome, dude. No, that's so good. Um, let people know where they can reach out, where they can check your results, and the next couple. By the time this is out, you've probably competed by now. So give people where they can catch up, where they can follow your journey. Definitely. Um, on Facebook, my name is Chris Stockton. The last name is S T O C K T O N. Um, my Instagram is Kristoff, um, C-R-I-S-S-T-O-P-F underscore R6. Um, so those are the only two social media. Well, I do Snapchat as well. It's the exact same as my Instagram handle. Um, so if you guys would like to add me on that, follow me. I'm always down to talk, chat, um, you know, ask Thanks me questions. Like, dude, yeah, I mean, I, I, honestly, I don't shut up sometimes. Like, <laughs> I love it, man. Like, I, don't, I, I, just, I, I just like being able to just you know share something mm. if i can help you out man like please like dude ask me the question hit yeah. send me the dm don't be afraid um all my accounts are on public so you know th- there's no like shouldn't be any request issues and things like that yeah that's so. awesome and i think like 
through this that you've got so many different types of aspects. You've done the competition side, you've gone into being competitive um, in a competition, plus you've done that weight weight loss, which again is just another whole different aspect of you and what everyone's trying to achieve as well. Absolutely. But until the next time, guys, this is pretty.